0: Hey everybody, welcome to Tech Thought, a show about tech advice, a short how-to, and why you should care. This is season 3, episode 18, or overall episode 36.
1: Yep. I'm Jade. That's it. I'm nothing today. That's all I am. Come on. What? What's the matter here? I guess I'm smart.
0: Yeah. And I'm art. I guess I'm cute.
1: No, no, no. That one's for sure. You're definitely cute. Disclaimer, we are both smart and cute.
0: So uh, transitioning after our little V arc uh, and uh, moving on to yeah, of so transitioning after our little V arc and moving on to more I what I would consider also general informational stuff. Um, we decided we'd do an episode on CPUs. Uh, this will be followed by an episode on GPUs, probably. Um, I don't know, maybe, maybe. Um, but we figured we should cover these things, since we already covered storage, we might as well just cover the parts, the other parts of a computer. I don't know, I feel like we talk about gaming computers a lot on this podcast, uh, like they're something everyone understands, uh, but as several, uh, videos, (laughs) but as several videos on the internet of people attempting to assemble gaming computers while knowing nothing about them will tell you, they're not something everyone understands. So here we are. But before we get into that, I have to plug our after show. Uh, you can find us every live. Ugh, you can find us every Friday. You can, <laughs> you can find us live every Friday on our Instagram at TechThoughtsPodcast. Uh, we stream at 8 p.m. ET. Uh, or you can check out our website if you want to see the stuff. we. If you want to see links to the stuff we talk about in this episode and our website, Jade.
1: Uh, TechThoughts.gay, right? Yeah.
0: Yeah, that's that's still it. We haven't changed it overnight. So, yeah, now that we've gotten that out of the way. Now that we've gotten that out of the way cpus so like i said we're finally going down the whole computers have lots of parts and we should probably talk about them track uh considering the fact that apple has recently released their m1 cpu powered i devices most recently the m1 ipad pro that is going to be coming out soon i think uh and by soon i mean in three days as of the time by the of this time recording, this recording um, just... comes out <laughs> yeah it'll, it'll be out by the time this, recor- this recording is out that's true um But yeah, so maybe you should know exactly what that means, or if you aren't a fan of Apple, maybe you just want to know why Intel keeps releasing a new geographic feature every year or so. Strap in, this episode's about to get technical.
1: Yeah, so what is a CPU? Well, it's boring. It stands for Central Processing Unit, which can kind of clue you into what it actually is, uh, and also why we call this part a processor, or microprocessor. I don't know what a non-microprocessor would look like, I'll be real with you.
0: It's a food processor.
1: <laughs> that's why they're called food processors. That's different. What's just a processor? What does it process anyway?
0: What, what is it? What is it what, no, I, I, the problem is that I think a processor would have to be defined by the thing it's processing. Mm. So it's, that's why it's a food processor because unless you're like, it needs to be defined by that.
1: While I agree with you, the processor is not not dealing with micros in the case of a microprocessor. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> um, anyway a microprocessor works exclusively with microwaves no um no uh they're actually often referred to as the brain of a computer or other device um and that's honestly not a bad way to think about it um but now you got those basics so let's boil down things about cpus other than just their name uh we'll start with architecture uh, not like building architecture, we're not talking about the Arc de Triomphe, we're, like, we're talking about instruction set architecture.
0: <laughs> ah, those we, we don't get those sweet, sweet flying buttresses over no, here?
1: No, 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 no buttresses at all. No butts in the slightest. Um, as Americans, anyway. Um, in this case, uh, in, we're, we're talking about instruction set architecture, uh, which is uh, defined as RISC and CISC. That's R-I-S-C and C-I-S-C, which means nothing, so we'll break it down some more. Mm-hmm. CISC is, stands for Complex Instruction Set Computing. Uh, Basically, it's a way of designing processors that contain a large set of instructions. Uh, Instructions are exactly what they sound like. Your CPU knowing how to complete a task, which may be something simple like, you know, addition. Or maybe something much more complicated like hashing something. Uh, Check out our episode on encryption where we go over hashing in just a little bit. That's uh, season one, episode five. CISC architecture is kind of like uh, teaching a processor to do a lot of specialized tasks in the hope that it'll overall make things faster um, by, well, giving one instruction to it instead of many instructions. Um, an example of this kind of architecture is the ever prevalent x86 instruction set um, used in today's main desktop Intel and AMD processors. Uh, if you've heard mm-hmm. x86 64, the 64 is just an extension. So, like, it, it's still underlying the same thing from, like, the 90s. On the other hand, uh, there's also RISC architecture, which takes a very different approach. Um, RISC, which is reduced instruction set computing, ditches some of those complex instructions and replaces them with simpler ones, which can still do the job, mind you, but maybe a little slower, because, of course, they're using more instructions. Ah. Mm-hmm. Um,
0: how, is that just not, how is that not just worse?
1: So computers are complicated.
0: Yes. It depends on how
1: the actual processor deals with those instructions. Some arguments are that the x86 instructions are more complex because it's slower without them, Mm -hmm. um, where risk stuff could possibly be a little more efficient with its memory.
0: Oh, so is it sort of like the logic that like, it could potentially do like a bunch of simple instructions faster than x86 can do like one complex instruction. Is that kind y- of the idea? Yes.
1: Um, at the end of the day, you usually get about the same result, really. Okay. It's simply a technicality that you don't have to think about too much. It's, if you were writing assembly by hand, it matters. Because if you're writing assembly by hand, you would probably want to deal with uh, a sySC architecture. Because if you want to do something complex, you do it in one line versus four Yeah, it's just it's a shortcut. Mm -hmm. Examples of the RISC architecture, uh, ARM processors like in a Snapdragon phone or rather a Snapdragon powered phone or a Samsung Xynos phone or like Apple's new M1. Those are all using ARM, which is a RISC architecture. Also note, this is not a complete breakdown of all the differences, as you can hear from all of our little middling questions. And technically speaking, it is really the CPU microcode that decides what complex instructions a CISC CPU can do which is more of a very low-level sort of program on the CPU itself. Um, It's very
0: technical. It's very (laughs)
1: technical. This is meant to get your feet wet, not to give you a perfect understanding. Mm -hmm. So that was a lot of something. Uh, So which one is better? (laughs) Neither. None. At this point, uh, it, it doesn't matter. Speaking in terms of what you as consumers may use, um, ARM CPUs are considered more power efficient um, only because x86 just does more when computing things. Um, An example is that x86 CPUs often have less registers to work on instructions given and have to work with the cache or memory instead. Registers are basically like super fast memory, so they're faster than caches too.
0: Is that why like... Apple mobile devices have way better battery life than like a laptop or like your traditional laptop. In part. Yes.
1: There are a lot of factors and we will get to them by the end of the episode. Okay. Um, If you're worried about CPUs in the sense of building your own computer for say gaming uh, for one good luck Uh, but also there are currently no risk-based CPUs that are interoperable with standard PC hardware that I am aware of. Um, there may be, but I don't know of any I can buy off the shelf at, like, a Best Buy or something. Yeah, fair enough. Alright, so, let's say you are building a PC. Um, how do you know what CPU is, like, best? Are clock speeds important? This thing goes to 5 GHz, that must be faster than this other one that goes to 4, right?
0: I have literally always been confused about this, so please bestow me with the answer. (laughs) Alright, the answer is
1: no! No! And yes, um, so <laughs> clock speed is uh, so so clock speed that number in gigahertz on the CPU label, also known as frequency, um, tells you how fast that CPU is in relation to other processors of the same generation and family. As an example, you could compare an Intel Core i3 and i5 from the eleven thousand series and see that the i3 has three point six gigahertz versus the i5's four point eight. Um, in this example, the i5 is better because they are the same family of technology. But this does not hold true all of the time when going backwards. A 9000 series Intel CPU with higher clock speeds may not even be faster than an 11000 one.
0: Because the 11000 one is newer. Hm.
1: Sure. Not because it was produced sooner, but because there's been improvements since. Yes.
0: Well, yes. No, yeah, that's what <clears throat> I mean. No, you're right.
1: Uh, in fact, what, what changes over the generations and what really matters is a processor's IPC um, instructions per cycle or clock. IPC is exactly what it sounds like. How many instructions can you do um, per one clock cycle? Which is why comparing clock speed mm-hmm. along the same series of CPUs makes sense.
0: What is a clock cycle?
1: A clock cycle is the amount of time between, uh, let's say, mm, no, okay, fine. Uh, a clock cycle is basically this, the, the smallest increment that of a CPU's uh, like work cycle. I'm going to use the word cycle, but you know what I mean this time. Um, It's like the smallest unit of activity that can be carried out during this very little amount of time.
0: Got it. Okay. Yeah.
1: Uh, It's literally the amount of time between two pulses of an oscillator. That's why I didn't want to say it like that.
0: That's fair. I only kind of know what that means.
1: You can kind of think of it like a clock, okay? Okay. A CPU can only do so many things while it takes the second hand to go all the way around.
0: Yeah, no, I was thinking of it like rotations of planet Earth around the sun. So, like, yeah. Cool. CPUs are not, Something. in
1: fact, determined by the rotational speed of the planet. <laughs> Otherwise, the Mars. <laughs> no, Rovers no, no, be no, so no. I just mean.
0: <laughs> I just mean in terms of, like, variable times. Like, because, like, planets take different amounts of, yeah. amount of time. Yeah, you Like it wrong. I, like, it's just. I was just thinking about, like, in terms of how long it takes to complete one. Yeah, that's no, you're all. right. That, basically. But yes. Instructions per cycle is how many instructions you can get per clock cycle. And that being able to do more instructions per cycle is better
1: yes yes trying to do more instructions per cycle is better um i mean you can you you can think about it like straight addition if you can do 20 math problems in the same time it takes me to do two which one's faster
0: that's fair yeah okay
1: um and computers are just math They're lots of math generally cpu announcements talk about their ipc improvement from last generation um AMD has been harping on that a lot with the every Ryzen release. It's always been like an 18% increase from last generation, etc. Nice. Uh, if you care about this number, um, check out some CPU reviews from like TechSpot and Tom's Hardware where they try to account for this by setting uh, each CPU to the same f- clock speed frequency um, before running their tests. Um, because IPC is not a number that we can normally just get.
0: <laughs> yeah. Okay. In that case, why do CPUs have different frequencies at all?
1: Because instructions per cycle is only the first problem. You, so, like you, you, you make and you make a generation of CPU that can do like one hundred and thirty instructions per cycle. Let's say that, right? Yeah. You want to clock up as fast as you can, get as much done. So you want as high as a clock speed as you can get to do that one hundred and thirty very fast, right? Okay. The answer to your question is the is the physical limitations of silicon. <laughs> Genuinely
0: fascinating.
1: It is how perfectly you can manufacture a processor to run at those speeds because those speeds, um, all of this communication in the CPU to do this in the first place is all through electrical signals, so light, yeah, uh, and that generates heat. Got it. Heat is the main problem. That and resistance um, because not all CPUs are made the same. Even within generation, mm-hmm. even within like the same product, like if you get an eleven hundred i seven from Intel, two of the same exact i sevens are not gonna have the same like potential top clock speed because silicon is limited by a lot of things, including resistance of the materials, which varies based on how well it's been manufactured. Smaller die sizes make it more difficult to overcome the resistance problem because you have less space to work with.
0: That um, makes sense. Less space, more more heat. More heat,
1: more resistance. Possibly not on the heat. So Intel has actually basically repackaged a previous CPU design before into a smaller uh, nanometer process, which is just making the processor physically smaller. Okay. Because it's smaller, the time it takes for the electrical signal to reach where it needs to go is shorter.
0: That makes sense. Um,
1: Your problem becomes more resistance than heat.
0: What, what does resistance mean in this context? I'm so sorry.
1: Like in circuits, like in physics. I mean, resistance is what it sounds like. It's impeding the flow of something.
0: Okay. Resi- no, so impede- no, so yeah, impeding the flow of current, I'm assuming in this yes. case. So higher frequencies have more of a problem with that?
1: It's harder to reach those high frequencies and expect all of those electrical signals to reach where they need to go because of varying amounts of resistance in the processor. So you can Got push it. it to go faster, but maybe the CPU isn't getting every signal it needs at the right time because of that, because you've, you've thrown it off its flow at that point. That's why overclocking isn't always perfect.
0: No, that this makes sense, actually, now. Now I understand why overclocking makes no sense.
1: <laughs> this makes sense. This is why overclocking doesn't make sense. Yes. So you have a vague understanding of clock speed now. What about cores? Yes. What about threads? What the hell's a thread other than the thing that puts together your clothing? Um, And I suppose sheets and other material made items. Yes. Um, They're also important. Um, If you need to do a lot of things at once on a computer, um, having more cores and threads uh, usually makes this more doable. Uh, Having multiple Mm -hmm. cores allows your device to do more than one thing at a time, or possibly one task just way faster by dividing it up. That makes sense. Hyperthreading and simultaneous multi uh, multi multithreading, SMT, um, are ways of creating a virtual second core, which is actually uh, what threads are on a CPU. So each thread works like a core in the case that if a program or task is not fully using a core at a time, um, it can give some of those resources to another task to also run that one at the same time. Um, it's not as good as having an extra real one, um, but it can still result in performance uplift.
0: Wait, so are threads and cores the same thing?
1: Threads and cores are the same thing when you do not take into account hyperthreading. Okay. Right. Once you take once you take into account hyperthreading, you are creating virtual, fake cores that the computer will see and think they're real and interact with them as such. Um, that will only do work if the actual core is not completely busy okay it can i believe intel used to say it can result in like a 30 percent uplift um more recent testing at least on the amd side shows more like a five percent increase but really it's not a bad thing
0: yeah i mean any 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 increase is good
1: yeah it's free right whatever (laughs) uh moving on Uh, CPUs are also responsible for providing um, I.O. as an input-output functionality, like letting USB devices work, um, by providing what are known as PCIe lanes. PCIe is more commonly known as that slot you put video cards in on a PC, but it's actually used for most I.O. functions. Um, PCIe lanes depend on the CPU some may offer more or less. Um, And these are often then used to provide uh, USB ports, audio jacks, Ethernet, other networking, and other things.
0: Okay, I'm going to stop you because I'm going to ask a very stupid question. Yes, babe? PCIe lanes are controlled by the CPU.
1: PCIe lanes are provided by the CPU.
0: Yes, because I was going to say is they're physically, like, they're physically on a motherboard, but... I'm guessing the, the logic here is that if your CPU can't support that number of lanes, it doesn't matter if your motherboard has them.
1: You can technically get more uh, like fake PCIe lanes um, by dealing with a motherboard's chipset. A motherboard's chipset can also offer its own PCIe lanes and has a dedicated connection to the CPU. Got it. They're not as good as real lanes because you'll always be using less actual lanes to the CPU, so realistically you might run into a bottlenecking situation.
0: Is that what's happening with your motherboard right now, Jade?
1: Yes, it is.
0: I can see why this is a touchy subject. Let's move on.
1: <laughs> the physical slots on your motherboard don't determine how many PCIe lanes you have.
0: Yes, that's, that's what I was saying.
1: And you can't even follow the traces if you wanted because motherboards are now multi-layered things and, there, and there's some hidden that you can't see on the surface. Um, mm-hmm. But For the most part, yes, if your CPU does not have enough lanes to do something, it won't be able to. As an example, so if you have right now in today's day, if you have an AMD B550 motherboard that supports um, PCIe Gen 4, which means that Mm -hmm. the current newest standard that is twice as fast as PCIe Gen 3, if you put in an older processor onto that motherboard that does not support PCIe Gen 4, you are stuck at Gen 3 speeds because the processor is providing them.
0: That makes sense.
1: Right, if you put in a processor that does support PCIe Gen 4, then those slots will instead be Gen 4 slots.
0: Okay, yeah, that makes sense.
1: Uh, If you need to connect a lot of things to your computer, like me, get yourself a CPU with the most PCIe lanes that you can. Usually higher tier ones, so Intel i5 is less than i7, less than i9, works like that. Have more. Um, Unless you're using an AMD CPU, an AMD Ryzen CPU, where each CPU actually offers the same exact number of PCIe lanes, because AMD isn't about upcharging you. Yeah. Uh, So right. So so now there's just one more or two more things to worry about with CPUs. Um, that being if they're also a GPU. Surprise! Your GPU episode comes right now. I have a whole second script. Uh, no, I don't. <laughs> no, I don't. Um, that's right. Some CPUs can actually have a video card jammed into them. Not literally. You're not taking a big honking card and throwing it at it. No, no. Um, it's in, it's part of it internally. Um, these are known as APUs, or Accelerated Processing Units. These special CPUs uh, with, quote, integrated graphics, a term you may have heard before, Um allows you to build the computer without having a dedicated video card, or a lot of laptops just use it, integrated graphics.
0: Yeah, that's what I was going to say, a lot of laptops. Yeah.
1: It shares system memory with the CPU, and therefore you may run out of memory faster with an APU, um, but it's a convenient way to have everything in one place.
0: And to save space, hence why laptops use them. Indeed, that's
1: correct. Speaking of having everything in one place, the last thing we're talking about is that CPU in your phone and most tablets and other mobile devices. Because it's not just a CPU, it's actually a system on a chip, an SOC. SOCs like Apple's M1 actually contain many parts that would normally be. You can kind of think of them as an APU on steroids. That's cool. Yeah, they have a CPU, GPU, memory, IO, extra storage, all in one place. Downside is when they break, it's hard to source new ones. (laughs) if somehow your m1 uh macbook iphone whatever you get iphone that's not a thing yet ipad ipad yeah there you go um if that if somehow that uh that soc breaks you're never replacing it good luck with that apple will not give you a new one
0: that's fair you just have to get a whole new phone i'm assuming pretty much or macbook yeah
1: yeah (laughs) ha phone you too
0: I I, I was thinking about, I was thinking about, I was thinking about Apple refusing to repair iPhones, that's why. Uh, But anyway, um, yeah, so that's a lot of information that was just thrown at you uh, in... Hopefully a
1: coherent way.
0: Hopefully a coherent way if I can pull this edit off. This
1: episode is called Certified to be Perfectly Unintelligible, so to be fair, if it's not intelligible, we did our job.
0: We tried. Uh, But anyway, uh, as a sort of very quick... If you are building a gaming computer or you are in a nice elderly grandmother listening to this podcast who wants to build a gaming computer for her grandchild or whatever, whatever you may be. Um,
1: you might want to just know what a proce- what processor to pick in the first place. Yeah, you might just want to
0: know that. So
1: for, for Intel, the current generation is the 11,000 series because they can't just make small, decent numbers for people. It's also codenamed Rocket Lake. Which is probably because they're so they run so very warm, um, and have risks of exploding. The exploding is not true. <laughs> um, anyway, um, for Intel, they're Intel
0: don't sue us for libel. Sorry, go on. Yes, of
1: course. Um, for Intel, um, the CPU tiers are the i3, the i5, the i7, and the i9. Um, the i5, I believe, is... I'm not sure if they still do i3s, but I know the i5, i7, and i9 are a thing. Um, I believe the i5s start as quad cores, the i7s are um, 8 cores, and the i9s are, like, 10 cores. Um, they're generally, yeah. when you when you buy Intel, going up just means better product, always.
0: Isn't that generally when, when you buy anything, just going up means better? No.
1: Well, I mean, CPU-wise this generation. Yes. The i9s of the last gen ran way too hot. Actually no, weren't weren't there i9s in the old the the last Intel Macbooks?
0: Probably. Isn't that
1: why they ran like shit?
0: No, I I fully believe they ran like shit because Apple was sabotaging the performance of the Intel Macbooks to make the M1 look better. But go ahead. Well, that
1: and like shoving an i9 in such a small chassis is dumb because of the heat it generates from having so many cores.
0: No, that's fair. And since Jade covered the core numbers and I didn't uh because I don't know them off the top of my head, I will attempt to do so now. The fifty-six hundred X has six cores. The fifty-eight hundred X has eight cores. The fifty-nine hundred X has twelve, and the fifty-nine fifty X has sixteen. Okay, yeah. So there we go. Um, it really just depends which one, which 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 tier of CPU you get. Really depends on like what you're trying to do with your computer. If you are just doing basic, like surfing the internet streaming, spreadsheet edi- editing, Google Docs. Like it like that 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 stuff. Don't use Google Docs. Use use LibreOffice. But if you're doing that stuff, you can just get an i3 or or the 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 minimum Ryzen tier. Or frankly you could even go back a generation if you wanted to. Like that 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 that's that's perfectly fine. Uh if you're trying to build a gaming computer, higher tier is better. Higher tier is also more expensive. So that's just up to you weighing how much money you're willing to spend on what is one part of a larger computer setup. Yeah. So that's all the time we have for you guys today. I have no idea how I'm going to edit this episode into something intelligible, and I will probably cut that line, but out of spite, I may not. Uh... Still, uh, this was an introduction to CPUs. It's complicated. the The entire reason we did this entire rep- this episode was because I I think I once made a joke about how CPU numbers made no sense to me, um, and yeah, I just I, I, I really wish companies would make this more accessible to people. I don't know, like I I just really feel like I re- I hope I hope this was helpful, but I just really feel like it's just not it makes no sense to like the average consumer. Uh, and that's why we're here to try and explain things. Like I said, our next episode will probably be on GPUs if we think there's enough material in there to make an episode out of, uh, but it'll probably be similar to this one just cause the two things kind of go together. But between now and then, if you're looking for us, you can find us at our Instagram at techthoughtspodcast, where we do our after show every Friday at 8 p.m. ET. Or you can check out our website to see links to the stuff we talked about, since this is definitely maybe one where you're going to want to read in addition to listening. Uh, And our website is, Jeff? Techthoughts.gay. And as always, we are still gay. Goodbye. Bye.